There's no shortage of options for vitamins and supplements, but which ones do you need? Total Human is a complete reimagining of the daily multivitamin, an all-in-one pack that combines the most vital components of several of our other products. Alpha Brain, New Mood, and all your favorites come to offer one mega supplement for supporting health and performance. It's not simply one pill. Total Human is a dense, rich dose of a myriad of earth-grown nutrients and clinically studied ingredients, specifically balanced to support the brain, mood, energy, bones, immune system, joint health, and more. These formulas come in convenient day and night packs, each aimed at building you up while you work and working while you sleep. There's no easier way to get optimized. Most all-in-one supplements just don't cut it. They aren't targeting specific systems. And the inclusions of vitamins and minerals are often at bare minimum levels. There's not one single magic pill you can take that could possibly provide your body with optimum support. And if recommended daily allowances were all you needed, most everyone would be thriving. That is part of why recent reports have come out saying that multivitamins don't work. That's also why Total Human was created, to be a rich collection of high-quality nutrients, each purpose-driven to provide a tide of benefits to support your body, mind, joint health, immune system, energy, mood, and other aspects of your well-being. It's not a multivitamin, but rather a collection of megavitamins, also containing the clinically studied formulas direct from our most popular supplements. Go to onit.com slash total dash human to learn more and try it today. We've got a fucking amazing episode. If I sound giddy, it's because I am. I'm fucking excited for this one. Josh Trent from Wellness Force Radio has finally come on the show. He's a guy I met, uh, I think, at Paleo FX in 2017 out in Austin. Hadn't moved here yet. Hadn't even met Aubrey at that point. He was podcasting with the Mind Pump crew. And, uh, you know, I ended up going for a little dip in my Speedo and then coming in and drying off in front of the guys while they were trying to record something serious. But uh, I made a good impression on him and he wanted to have me on his show. So I went down to LA and we jumped on a podcast together. It was hands down one of my favorite times opposite of being the interviewer, being the interviewee, we'll put it. Um, I've never seen someone prep that much for a podcast ever. He had a fucking iPad and he's like, you know, I got a few questions and then uh, I shot you know, I shot some more questions out to the group, anything they'd want want to ask. I don't know if we'll get to them all. He had pages of notes on his iPad, not pages of notes on his iPhone, on the fucking iPad. It was like a laundry list of cool shit he wanted to talk to me about. And um, it was awesome. And I could see him, you know, on the opposite side of the microphone. And I've listened to him before, but really to understand how much care and practice and effort he puts into his podcast really made me want to have him come on mine. And at the same time, a little bit of pressure, a little bit of pressure to make sure that I brought to the table something that he had done for me. You know, that INI, the law of reciprocity, give 51% and receive 49 in all your endeavors. Anyways, uh, we had a fucking blast, a lot of good stuff to talk about. I really look forward to having him back on the show, which I would love to regularly because he's a fucking wizard. Check it out. Josh Trent. All right. We, we're, we're, we're on here. We're going to jump right in. We got a lot to discuss. You're heading to Thailand. Yes. I've been there before. Went there for 17 days for training with my old man. Um, easily my favorite experience outside the country. So the food is cheaper. Yes. The people are friendly. There's beaches everywhere. Some of the best beaches in the world. And, and truly, and this is before I realized they have happy tea. Have you heard of happy tea? No. Is it tea with cannabis? 
tea with mushrooms. Oh. Yes. That's extra happy tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the Thai cubensis mushrooms, um, psilocybin magic mushrooms, is a very loving, gentle mushroom. It, it, you can take enough to where you'll you'll go deep, but in my experience with all the different strains of mushrooms, and this is something I was chatting about with Aubrey the other day, is that everyone talks about strains in cannabis and largely, you know, indica, sativa, or hybrid. Yes. No one talks about strains with mushrooms. So there are I, some, I never have talked about strains There are mushrooms. some clear fucking differentiators, but the Tycubensis are fucking awesome. They're very mm. loving, very gentle, and it's like an easy way. If I was going to be in public, that's what I'd want to do. Yeah, just sure. like a heart opening, kind of like uh -huh. milder, like a little, micro almost. Yep, little connection to nature. Yeah. 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 This sounds fun, man. I'm stoked. Well, um, talk about talk about why you're going there. Well, I'm going there to learn about Josh Trent. I want to see what he'll do. 30 days, foreign country. Like to me, I think we learn a lot about ourselves in a place we've never been, especially living where I don't speak the language. Plus there's a, a crazy amount of entrepreneurs out there, really cool people. I just want to learn about me. I want to learn about what I'll do in a foreign place. Plus like, you know, there's beautiful landscapes and I'm also single. So I'm open to possibly meeting a, you know, future former Mrs. Trent. Yes. Yeah. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Well, Thanks, I've man. got not not quite, I should say this, actually, and then we'll jump into that, what we were going to talk about before this podcast started. When I jumped on the podcast with you, I had never in my life seen someone put in that much prep for a podcast. There was pages of notes on an iPad, and you're like, I'm not sure we'll get through all the questions. And yes. I looked over and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> There's so much. So kudos to you. You have an excellent podcast. Obviously, you do your fucking homework. Yeah. And I've got some stuff I want to chat with you about, but let's drop back into that time and place because I've been following you on your podcast. You had just pulled your calf. Yeah. What leads up after that? Oh, dude, that was so crazy. That morning I was getting ready to interview you. I was super stoked. I was doing other podcasts and uh, I'm sprinting up a hill and I just hear this boom, like explosion in my leg. Next thing you know, I'm like hobbling home. Uh, to try to see if I can like walk. And I was just like, damn, this is the moment. I, I actually remember I was laying on the ground and I was like, this is what happens when I'm not listening to my body. Cause mm. I was just going way too fast. And I've been going way too fast all of 2018, which is another reason why I'm going to Thailand to slow down. You know, my body has this intuitive wisdom, like all of our bodies, but I wasn't listening, Kyle. I was not listening, man. And I, I go to interview you and like for the next three days, I was just thinking, what am I going to do with this thing? So for two weeks, I was on crutches and I, I'm sure you've been on crutches before. Mm. And it really, it was- Thankfully, a, it, no, but yes. Oh, you haven't? Okay, good. Not unless I was playing okay. with buddies. Okay. Uh, so for the next two weeks, it was just this really deep introspection time of like, all right, why did that actually happen? Because this is just a symptom of something emotionally psychosomatic. And so what was really leading up to our time is like just pushing the needle, burning the candle at both ends. And a lot of people can relate to this, man. Like I was, I was in a really like non-trusting place. I'd done my work with the medicine. I'd done my work with breath work. I'd done my work, but I wasn't exactly listening to what my body was saying. And that, that was honestly like one of the most humbling things in my life to interview you with my calf, like laid up. It was not a comfortable place, man. Um, so you ended up going for, uh, let's see, you got sick mm -hmm. and then you hiked Mount Whitney and then I hiked Mount Whitney. <laughs> um, <laughs> so probably not the most intelligent thing to do, but like, my friends and I had like planned it for a year. We we're going to hike the mountain. I'd done it twice before. And, um, yeah, I, I just told this story actually. I'm, I'm staying with a friend, Dr. Chad Walding and his wife. And, and I told the story to them and like, uh, I almost died this year, man. I almost died on that mountain. 
And it took me to a place of, because I've died before in like a ceremony, but that was more of like an emotional, spiritual connection death. Mm -hmm. This was like a physical death. We're hiking up the mountain. I had trained a little bit, uh, but I hadn't trained enough to like really hit 14,500 feet. You know, Whitney, it's the biggest mountain in the continuous United States. Uh, We get up to 12,500 feet, it's 30 degrees. And all of a sudden, man, my heart starts pounding so hard that I can see my shirt moving. And I get out of the sleeping bag. It's a full moon that night. And I just start crying, like out of nowhere, like five minutes of just like bawling tears. I later found out that when you have extreme emotions at altitude, it's a sure sign that your brain's having partial edema. And so Mm. I know looking back that I was having edema in my brain. And I just had this moment where I kind of looked up at the sky and it was like super bright moon. And I was like, am I going to fucking die up here? Like, am I actually going to die up here? And I told my friend Brent, I'm like, hey, we got to go down. Because like, I don't, I don't think this is like normal for me to do this. My friend Sean jumps out of the tent. He's got this oxygen tank. I breathe out of the oxygen tank. I start to calm down a little bit. I lay back in the tent. I take a deep breath. And then I look up and there's this like jellyfish floating up above me in the tent. And then I'm just like, okay, now I really know I got to go down. I'm like starting to hallucinate at the top of this mountain. <laughs> you should have stayed for the vision. I can laugh with you now, but at the time <laughs> it was like, it was so surreal. And um I know that that you have had maybe a psychic medium read with you maybe a couple of times. I know you had Paul Selig here mm-hmm. uh, a month before I had met with a woman. Her name is Pam. She's in Solana Beach. And she was like, Josh, your, your homework for this next six months is to just trust in God and just trust that spirit has your back. And here's your homework. And she drew this card called the Ace of Pentacles. And I was like, what's this hand? And she's like, it's the hand of God. You're going to be supported after August 28th. Don't worry, like God's going to watch over you. Well, guess when this moment happened on Mount Whitney? August 29th. So a day after she told me I'd be supported by God, I'm coming down the mountain. I'm literally freaking out. I can't breathe. My heart's pounding. And I just start crying again. I'm like, I can't die. I don't have my wife. I don't have my kids. Wellness force isn't grown to where I want it to be. Like nothing is what I want yet. And I can't leave this planet. And I'm like, God, please let me stay alive. I want to live because I want to have a wife and kids and family. And I want my business to grow. And I want to, I want to dilute the toxicity of wellness on this planet. I want to dilute the toxicity of, of the crazy shit that's happening on this planet. And that's what wellness really is. So yeah, dude, it kind of makes me feel like tight of breath right now just to talk about it because I almost died this year and it was like a really scary thing, but it also brought me to my knees. It humbled me in a way where uh, it made me really bleed gratitude. It made me understand that like, oh, we're, we're grateful. I get to be in a body. I'm still here, man. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this podcast with you. I go and sleep uh, in a truck at, alone. My buddy went up to, to meet my friends halfway because they wanted to finish the hike. And I'm sleeping in the truck and my heart still feels weird. I'm still feeling kind of sick. I'm still feeling kind of scared. And I just, I just had a moment with spirit. And I was like, if you allow me to live, I promise that I'm always going to come from a place of gratitude. And I'm just going to tell the fucking truth for the rest of my life. I'm not going to do anything besides just tell the truth. If I'm nervous, if I'm scared, if I'm excited, I'm just going to be myself and just be honest, which is, I think, all of our journey. That's all of our hero's journey. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a pretty serious thing that happened, man. You know, I got a question After for you. That, that's something you brought up yeah. here, and then I, I want to dive into these questions that I got. Um, when does God not support you? Because the medium said at this date, God will support you, and here's yeah. the hand of God to support you. Yeah. So when, when, it, when are you not in support? When are you not held in that grasp? Or do you think that was just something she said to let you know, like, all right, shit's going to hit the fan and you're supported? I think we all have, I think we have guideposts from God every day. Mm-hmm. I was driving here to do this podcast with you and right in front of me, there's this mud flap on a truck that says love. 
And so I'm just like, yeah, of course. <laughs> Next to two giant steel balls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we if I'm looking for the guideposts from God, they're always there. Mm-hmm. If I'm taking loving responsibility to gather the evidence that God is there and that spirit has my back, well, then that's what I'm going to keep getting. Um, so I, I think when is the, when is God not there? I don't think that's possible. I think yeah. I think yeah. God so and I spirit think, is always there. Yeah. It's not me discrediting her for sure. I mean, yeah. if anybody who's listening to Paul Selig on Aubrey. But how's the tell. timing of that, bro? Yeah. How's the timing of the 28th, 29th right there? My homework is to be supported by God. And like, here I am talking to God and to on trust the highest in mountain in the United States. That's fucking phenomenal. After almost dying, you know. Well, yeah. you've touched on a few things here, not listening to your body. You talk about serving our body. Right. And you have this morning 21 routine and this is, yeah. this is free, right? It's a free mm-hmm. handout you give to people. Right. So let's unpack that yes. for people. Cause I think there's a shit ton of wisdom in this. You know, you've asked a lot of people similar to Tim Ferriss, what the morning routines are. I talked about that when I went on the show and much of what I do, I got from own the day, Aubrey's book, uh, with my own little tweaks here and there, Yeah, but let's unpack that morning 21 and then we'll dive into a few other things. Yeah. The morning 21, I just realized like, what is the time that we all have in the morning? Everyone's got about 20 minutes. And I just like the number 21 because it's divisible by seven and I like sevens. That's honestly why. Um, so how I start is, and I learned this from a Navy captain that he has like 10 million views on Goalcast. If you want to change the world, if you want to have a great life, make your bed, man takes two minutes. He spoke it, about that at a Stanford graduation? I think so, yeah. Like, I, I forget his name. Uh, he's an admiral. It's in mm-hmm. the M21 guide. Mm-hmm. And so when you start your day with like making your bed, well, then you're priming your brain for achievement and getting a reward from actually accomplishing that. It seems silly, right? Like, oh, make your bed. How could that be a hack? How and could that be something And if it's the only big? thing you do that day when you get home and it's done, you know you still fucking did something. Yes. Right? There's, so, <laughs> there's a lot of little little hacks that go along with that. And it's it's funny because in the M21, there's a lot of things like this where it seems like it would be too simple and it wouldn't be powerful enough. But the truth kind of hides in plain sight a lot, <laughs> a lot in our lives. Um, and so after that, I actually got this from Aubrey's book, which is like the room temperature water, the lime, the sea salt, you know, get the organs flowing, increase like digestion and things like this because it gets me going. We emit so much water when we sleep. I mean, we're like a convection oven, you know, so we're always kind of bleeding water out. So water after that. And then I go into my breath work and I do it naked in front of a juve light on a meditation stool because I've I've read about the increased testosterone by applying it right to my genitals. And what man doesn't like warm red light on their balls? Yeah. Let's be honest about that. And if you haven't experienced it yet, you don't know what you're missing out on. No. And for the, and for the ladies listening to, it's like, uh, it's beautiful for them as well. Mm -hmm. I I just studied it because I know like testosterone for men. And I'm always looking at ways that I can increase my testosterone because I'm 38. And so naturally that kind of drops as men, like we don't build that as much. Um, And then I, I, when I'm sitting there, I do my breathing and this has been really big for me, man. I'm actually going to get breathwork certified out in Thailand when I go. Uh, my buddy has this company called Soma Breath, which is so fascinating. He's one of these guys that toured with Wim Hof for a year and a half, did music. So breath work for me is big because um, it's actually like a reminder for me that I am supported and that I don't have to succumb to anxiety. I don't have to succumb to the thoughts, the monkey mind shit. Talk about the quote real quick. Sorry to jump in, but I oh, love yeah. your fucking, I love your tattoo. Yeah, man. It's um, it's on my arm. It's, it's se posso respirare, posso scegliere. And it means um, if I can breathe, I can choose. In Italian. Powerful. It's, it's a reminder. It's like, mm-hmm. if we can remember to take a deep breath, then any choice or any inspired action we do after that deep breath is going to be actually authentic. It's not going to be coming from a place of frenetic energy. Like it's a, our breath connects our head to heart. And so my inspiration to go out there to Thailand and get breathwork certified is because I'm always working on connecting my head to heart. That's a process that never stops. 
Um, so I put that in the M21. Um, and then after the breathing, you know, you're really priming your body to sit there. It's the stillness. It's seven minutes of stillness. You can do more. You can do a little bit less. Sometimes I'll do like five minutes. Dude, sometimes I'll do 30 minutes of meditation in the morning just because I'm feeling that. Like my soul wants to sit with itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I do a movement. I do a womb squat with a reach. It's really good for thoracic mobility. Mm-hmm. It's good for I see hips. Aaron Alexander doing that constantly. Yes, yes. And actually, I got that from uh, Chad Walden, the guy I was staying with, uh, the womb squat with the reach. Um, and then after that, I bullet the subconscious. I go, okay, what are three things today that if nothing else happens, that if I just accomplish these three things, that I'd be stoked on life, that I'd be super happy. And I write those three things down. It could be as simple as like, I'm going to connect with my mom today. I'm going to make sure that my friends know I love them today. You know what? I'm going to get done with that email sequence for sure. I'm going to write those final emails, whatever it is. I think we, as human beings, we want to do so much, especially like people that listen to the show or even you and I, we want to get shit done and we want to do a lot of it. But our brain and our our kind of soul can only take so much. So I think if we can do three things a day based on the breath work, the meditation that we sat with, whatever came through in the stillness, three things is pretty powerful. Because if we try to accomplish 20 things, they all kind of get half done. And that's not very fun. Uh, and then after that, I always put like, what is one thing today that I'm most grateful for? Like, what is the one thing in my life that um, I actually put three, but I always make sure that I feel at least one of them, like viscerally feel it. Mm. And it's typically just that I'm still here. Like I'm still here in this body. I'm still here on planet earth. I'm in this meat suit. I'm a soul. I get to have this conversation with you. I get to have friends that love me. I get to share energy with people. It's, it's the miss it's, it's the things that are most connected to love that I think we're all most grateful for or not, or not depending on how much we connect with it. Mm-hmm. So that's that's kind of the process of the M21. It's the making the bed, getting hydrated, making sure that we're dropped into our body, we're breathing, uh, and then some type of meditation and then movement. And then at the end of it, man, it's, it's really just finding out, okay, what can I add into my M21? What can I add into my morning practice besides just those things? I think... I think most of us will start out with something and then we'll add as we go along because we're stoked on how we feel. Like how we feel is the biggest, it's the biggest report card, isn't it? Feeling is believing as Wim Hof says, right? Yes. So when you feel that charge, it's easy to just be like, look, I only have time for three rounds, 30 breaths with a couple holds. And then over time I'm like, fuck this, I'm doing five rounds at 50 breaths or the final round, I'm just going to go until my hands and my feet curl in and then I'll hold as long as I possibly can. Oh my gosh. You know, so like- <clears throat> it is truly something like, oh, I feel that charge starting to build in my hands. I'm going to chase that. I'm not going to shy away from it. And if it means more breaths, I mean, it's work to do that kind of breathing. You know, a lot of people forget that. I did a, a shamanjelic breath works, basically holotropic breathing with Anahata out in Sedona. Oh, and, I've heard about it. And I'm She's like, awesome. fuck, man, this is work. Like, like it is physically <laughs> taxing yeah. to breathe that hard for that long. But as you do it, there's a fucking quick payoff. Yeah. You know, a shift in neurochemistry, a shift in the way you feel, and anything that's inside, it's almost psychedelic in the sense where like all is revealed. Shit starts coming up for people. I listened to recently an episode with Tim Ferriss and Stan Groff. It just absolutely blew my mind. Uh, I love his work. I did a Stan Groff method breathwork in Venice five years ago. And it's interesting to connect the dots in reverse, like knowing that this is on my arm. I don't know why I got that. I got it before I went to the Mark Divine Seal Fit event, which is like this 14-hour physical crucible. And I was nervous about it. Did you do that? I, d- I did do the Seal oh, Fit. Yeah, shit. It, was, it was crazy. 14 hours, like spraying cold water on us, doing, 50, doing like a Murph, which is like 300 oh. different pull-ups, push-ups, and squats. And I just wanted something to remind myself, like, man, you're okay. Like, you're okay. 
And I got that as a reminder to me. And I, I really connect with my Sicilian heritage, which is like this beautiful, artistic, like sensual, sexual heritage. Um, and it's so- also the bald guy in uh, The Princess Bride. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't, I didn't know <laughs> that. <laughs> so I, anyways, the reason I'm saying that is because I, I just feel like, I feel like a big part of my life has been calming the monkey mind and just mm -hmm. being here and being in the present moment. And I think that's why I'm really drawn to breath. And I'm really excited to understand like, what is the next level of breath work for me? I just had last week an incredible session with Christine Hassler's fiance, his name's Steph. Yeah, I got to and meet him. You did? Yeah. Okay, this guy is a master breath work practitioner. He led me through something in my living room and I thought I had done my work. Like I've done like 12 different medicine ceremonies and I've done a bunch of breath work and I've done emotional intelligence trainings. But when he took me through this breath work, I was at one moment crying, I was hacking up phlegm, like almost like I had like deep phlegm in the recesses of my lungs. And I realized like, oh man, you're still holding on to this anger about your father, aren't you? You still, you still are sad about the fact that you don't know who your father is. And the work that Steph and I did with this breath work, he, he basically brought it around and he said, you know, you actually are your own father. You can love your father, but now at this stage in your life, like you can be your own father. And that goes for all of us. Like the reason I felt it though, is because it was unprocessed. And I had mm. thought that I had done my work, but it came up. And by the way, like this transformation of breath and medicine, I don't think it's ever gonna stop. I think it'll be a continuous evolution. And then yeah. that's, how we, that's how we jump up in consciousness. But this breath work, man, I, I think it's probably the number one piece that's most overlooked. And I, and I actually think Kyle, that breath work is gonna continue to grow. Uh, in health and wellness. I think people can get into it easier than plant medicine. And um, I think the results are profound, man. You and I yeah. have talked about breath work. It's and once, like, you, once you have it, it's accessible anywhere and it's free after that. You may have to pay to learn it from a practitioner. And I encourage people, you know, it's 200 bucks for wimhoffmethod.com. And you get to learn the cold, you get to learn yeah. all the practices. And that's just one form of breath work, art of breath, uh, with uh, Brian McKenzie, who you've had on your show, yeah. and um, Rob Wilson, who's been on our podcast. It's phenomenal. It's absolutely phenomenal. And, and you're exactly correct in saying that it's going to continue to evolve. This is one of the oldest tools and technologies we have. It yeah. definitely impacts us. And you know, it's one of those things where it's constantly changing because there's so many applications, you know, and that's what I love about Rob Wilson is that they're applying this to how do we open up the body physically so I can actually take a deep breath. All right. Mm -hmm. We got to unpack the psoas and the yep. hips. Now I can actually breathe into my diaphragm and actually open everything up the way a nice full breath would be. Yeah. And then from there, you've got intra-workout, post-workout, meditation. You know, I want to go deep now, or I just want to need, need a quick recharge, you know, so we'll hit some breath of fire. There's so many different avenues and they all fucking work. And that's pretty work. damn cool. Isn't it interesting too, like Bruce Lipton, you know, the issues and the tissue, there's certain parts of our body that I think hold more stress and trauma than others. Like for a lot of people, it's their liver. But for me, I've just noticed it's solar plexus and diaphragm. So if I can get really extended in my spine, if I can really start tapping into how my diaphragm feels, that's when I can feel like energy release, stress response go down. Uh, that's a big one for me, man. I got a question yeah. for you and this is getting woo woo, but I'm fucking all about it. So we're going to go there. What was my middle name? Um, do you, have you had issues with confidence growing up? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that third chakra, solar plexus, totally. a lot with confidence, self-worth. Yeah. Um, and you said, and I, I'm, I'm sorry that I don't fully know this, but you said you didn't know your father. Well, he left home when I was like two months old. So, okay. yeah. uh, and by the way, like I've done so much work now, and especially with what happened last week, 
I truly love my father because I noticed that his father in my medicine journeys like never really gave him the love that he needed. Yep. Isn't that crazy? My grandfather was like a Pentecostal, like war veteran that was super tight. He came from an era where they did not talk about feelings. You know, the evolved conversations that you have about the masculine now, um, it's totally different than that era. Like they didn't fucking talk about feelings, man. Yeah. It, people didn't go there. And so that transfers down through a lineage. If you look at like the, the book, Many Lives, Many Masters, like everything is an expression of epigenetics that comes from a lineage that could be three, four, five, six centuries deep. And so with my dad, he's doing the best he could, but I never knew who he was yeah. because I, I always wondered like, did he actually want to be a father or was he just doing it to make my mom happy? Mm. Now that kind of thinking won't produce any kind of love for him, deeper love for him, but where I can go, and I think it's a barometer for all of us, can we just go to the compassion? Yep. Because if we just go to the compassion, then that's the only thing that we can use as a North Star that'll actually be true over time. And so with my dad, my, my work now is just to literally practice compassion. And if I feel like the childhood emotions coming up of like, did you want to be a dad, whatever, I just breathe. That's my time to breathe. Man, compassion and breath is like the ultimate guidance system, isn't it? Yeah. Compassion and breath. If I can just remember to do those two things, everything else works out. And yeah. there's a layer of when you get to a place of compassion, it's much easier to forgive. Yeah. It's so much easier, you know, like it's yeah. forgive or forget. I don't particularly subscribe to forgetting. You need to know these things going forward so it doesn't happen again. Not that yeah. you would rec recreate, recreate that in your own life, sorry. Um, but when you have compassion, there is definitely a layer of your availability for forgiveness. And it's so important to forgive for your own self so you're not holding someone. As Paul Selig says, anyone you hold in the cave, you're right there with them. So if you damn someone, they damn you right back. I like Paul. And as you go, he's a fucking man. Yeah. Um, it's mm. it's I'm, I'm I'm unpacking this a little bit because my wife and she's talked about this briefly, but you know her dad committed suicide when she was one, and she was the youngest of three daughters, and in a lot of her medicine journeys has worked through a great deal of that, but also has a lot of this solar plexus issues with self worth, confidence, being chosen. Um, in all of that. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's interesting to see those parallels there. Yeah. Um, you, you brought up Bruce Lipton and that's something I definitely wanted to talk about. There was another person you had on the podcast and I'm forgetting the name right now, but you, I think they coined the body is the subconscious mind. Oh, this is the man, Drew Canoli. Hell yeah. Yeah. Organifax. some of that. All right. So the, we know that, and I think Elliot Hulse has talked about this a lot too. Um, the body is just a manifestation of what's going on in the undercurrent of emotion. So whatever's going on with my physical body, whether it's my calf or my solar plexus, or if somebody's listening, they have neck pain, like all of that, all of that is a direct connection to something emotionally, emotionally that's either hot or cold. So if something's hot, it's demanding attention. And I think what's really interesting with Drew is that he came from an incredibly abusive childhood where things were done to him that I can't even fathom that a human being would do that to another human being. And he got to this place where he was doing his work and, and through some of the people that he studied with, he spent probably hundreds of thousands of dollars working with healers and shamans and energy workers. I think one of the guys that was even tied to the author of The Four Agreements, I think he worked with him. No shit, Domingo Ruiz? I believe so. That's phenomenal. But anyways, when Drew said that on the podcast, it just made sense to me because I thought, hmm, so if the subconscious mind is running and it's 90% of our actions that are driven by it, well, that's why the body expresses whatever the subconscious mind is feeling or holding. So if I have extra weight in my body, it's because my body doesn't feel safe to let it go. I'm not directly 
I'm not directly making myself gain weight. It's the subconscious that's driving that. So in other words, the subconscious has a memory store bank of whatever's true. And then the body's just reflecting that truth. I think that's really what Drew was trying to say is that, man, our body, it literally tells our story. So health practices and being well, it's how deep are we living our truth? Are we being honest with ourselves? Do we have the, honestly, do we have the fucking courage to even listen to what our body is telling us? Some of the traumas that people have had, like I've never been sexually assaulted or sexually abused, but can you imagine just for one second how challenging that would be to have the courage to actually go in there and even take a look at what had happened. Yeah. Most people will just go the other way where their body will carry extra weight, specifically with women. You see women that are sexually assaulted, they'll gain weight as a protection mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so I think what Drew is talking about and what I'm talking about is the body is the subconscious mind. The body is a mirror of whatever's going on uh, that's either being dealt with as far as truth or, or being ignored, man. Yeah, that's powerful stuff. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, you brought up, you, you, I think you did a solo podcast. You have a lot of great solo podcasts that are all around 10 to 15 minutes that I enjoy. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, which I brought up on the show with you, this too shall pass. Ah, oh, yeah. From Eckhart Tolle. Talk about that a bit and how yeah. that's impacted your life. Man, Eckhart Tolle. You know what I learned from Eckhart Tolle is, uh, is the rippling of the pain body. Yeah. Right? The, the rippling of the pain body that um, for, for so many millennia, women were treated so poorly and, and there was slavery. And then before that, there was the Incans and the Mayans that would do like ritual sacrifice. All of these pains of the human experience, they're either big ripples or small ripples. And so when I think about this too shall pass, those ripples deserve attention. So if I'm feeling something or if I'm having a, a, a really shitty day or I'm, I'm feeling kind of, sometimes lately, I mean, since I've dove into the work in medicine and in breath, I almost feel like I'm just feeling people all the time. I'll go around and I'll be like, why am I feeling everyone's emotion? Well, I'm just feeling that, that ripple of the pain body. Mm. And I know that it's gonna pass. Sometimes it's my responsibility to shift my state and to go to another area where I can make it pass. But then sometimes my, my biggest job is just to be there and just trust that it'll pass, you know, just to be in the shit yeah. um, because there's gifts in the shit. <laughs> yeah. And that, that goes yeah. back to something else that he talks about with the three levels of, of acceptance. You have mm. at base level, just accepting of what is right. So like you got to change a tire on the side of the road, it's pouring rain and it's freezing and you don't have your raincoat or an umbrella, except the fact that this is what needs to fucking go down. Yes. Right. Like yeah. the more you resist that, and curse it and, and whatever, the worse that situation becomes. If you're just like, well, this is what I got to do right now. You may not enjoy it, but it's what you got to do. So you accept it, right? And then that second level would be enjoyment. Like, oh, I actually dig this. And then the third level, the ultimate level we want to get to is enthusiasm, yeah. which literally translates to be in God. Like you're in spirit when you're in when you're doing that thing. Like yeah. if it brings you that much joy, like when I do plant medicine ceremonies now, like I'm fucking for damn sure in God. They are yeah. entheogens to me, right? Yeah. So I think that most people can kind of, if you, when you explain it that way, they can piece together this idea of, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. I've, life is a little easier if I just accept what's going on in the shit and I don't like it and I don't try to mm -hmm. move it out of the way. Or even if I'm having a bad trip per se, where something's difficult for me, just letting go of the need to change it and just sitting with it oftentimes will pull me out of that. 
tough, hard, hard piece of it, right? Well, this world is not necessarily built for us to be still and just be okay in the shit. I mean, look at how many distractions are out there, dude. Mm -hmm. Most men, they fuck, they drink, or they smoke away the moment because it's so uncomfortable. I think that's why we see so many people not wanting to sit and not wanting to go through tolls three levels because they just kind of get stuck on the not wanting to be where they are. And yeah. that's why we see like so much attention on alcohol and so much attention on sports. Like, yeah, and, and no, Go no team. And there's, there's like, I'm not a talking shit for, about sports. No, but yeah. that's, there's a touch of tribalism there. And it's sure, funny sure. because I love football. I'll always love football. I don't watch it much anymore. Yeah, we got rid neither. of our TV, right? Mm -hmm. It's not because I don't like football, but something that stood out to me as I started working with plant medicines was like dudes with a Raiders tattoo or a Chiefs tattoo or a, any fucking sports team tattoo. Like, unless you played for that team. What, what you like, you're, you're, yeah. It's like the truest signal that you're identifying with you as a part of that, right? And yeah. your testosterone will drop when they lose and it'll soar when they win. People's lives are so impacted by sports that has nothing to do with their life. Mm -hmm. And to me, like that's a sure sign that we are sick as a society. And again, I'm not trying to talk shit about sports. If you love sports, cool. Like it's all good. As long as it's done in a healthy way where yeah. you're not escaping from something else that you don't well, want to feel. And it's not a part of you, right? Yeah. It's got nothing to do with lose, you. If the Raiders lose, it's you not can, really going to affect happy, your life. You can be sad, but it shouldn't impact you to a degree where like your testosterone tanks 200% because the Raiders lost and exactly. you can't talk to your wife and fuck off, wife, you handle the kids. I'm not dealing with them. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, like, yes. It shouldn't, it shouldn't come to that. Um, yeah. This leads me back to, I think, I think you were talking about on a solo podcast or maybe with Dr. Dan, and we'll, I want to jump in heavily to Dr. Dan, but emotions. Yeah good and bad, right? We're constantly trying to get out of these bad emotion states. And you talked a bit about an analogy that I really loved, that negative emotions are like a rock and positive emotions are like feathers. So mm. it's not a one-to-one -one ratio that equals them out. Yeah. You know, if my wife says, I'm leaving you today, that's a pretty negative thing. It's yeah. not going to be like somebody says to me, I really like your beard the way that it is right now. And I'm like, oh shit. All right. It's equal. Even Stevens. I'm good. <laughs> doesn't quite work that way. Right. And yeah. those are extremes, but, um, you know, to unpack that a little bit for people, sure. because I think it's really important to frame that in our mindset on how we look at the world, right? Yeah. There, there will never be an end to the challenges and the stressors and the shit that we go through. So yeah. how we look at it makes a big, big difference. Yeah, man. And, and I would even say that the greater the mission, the greater the challenge and the greater your training is going to be in those moments of discomfort. Like if you want to change the world and you have this fire burning inside you, well, you're going to get to do some deep ass work to change yourself first. And you, we all know the scale, like Lady Liberty, right? Like the, the different scales. If you stacked up like 50 pounds of feathers on the left side of it, it'd be a lot of feathers, but you could probably put two or three rocks on the right and it would be just evened out. Mm -hmm. So the feathers is our loving responsibility, our loving ownership, as I call it, to gather the evidence, man. It's our loving responsibility of ourselves, of our state, to gather the evidence. And each one of these evidences is like a feather, right? Everything positive, everything connected to love, it's like a feather. And we have this default network in our brain that typically, based on how we were seen in tribes, because we all came from, from caves, uh, we have this default network that really likes to, to focus the attention on the weight of the rocks. And these rocks are the negative things in life. It's the trauma. It's when shit didn't work out, whatever it is. That network, there's actually a piece in our brain. Um, Dr. Kyra Bob and I talked about this on the podcast. We have a habenula in our brain, which is a record keeper for failure. And this habenula is directly, it's it's wired to the amygdala. And the amygdala Has it been growing over time? Are they seeing it grow in humans now? Dude, that'd be a great, <laughs> that'd be a great meta-analysis. Like how big is your habenula? But think about, think about how crazy this is. 
is literally a record keeper for failure that for some reason the creator stored in our brain. I think it's left over from when we were in paleo era, you know, 10,000 plus years ago. But this going back to the feathers and the rocks, it's like we have a default network that focuses on the rocks. That default network focuses on the heaviness of the rocks, the heaviness of the trauma, because it sucks. We want to avoid it in the future. And that's why I think this habenula is hardwired in there. But it's our responsibility to gather the feathers. Like, remember uh, Forrest Gump where there was a feather floating around? I love mm-hmm. that movie. Yeah, man. so good. That's such a great movie. Well, that feather, I think, represented life. Can we honor this mystery? It's such a mystery that we're even here. Can we honor and love and respect the mystery that uh, the feathers even exist in the first place? Because uh, if we don't honor the mystery, then we won't ever gather the feathers. And if we don't gather the feathers, we won't ever equal out the scale. Because if it's up to me, man, I'm, I want the scale always tiffed, always tilted to the positive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I don't take ownership of that, shit, the rocks are going to weigh me down. Yeah, yeah, I love that unpacking of that. I think a, a critical piece for this, and this goes back to Eckhart and what his first book was, The Power of Now. How critical it is that we stay present with things because we're always, if we're not avoiding things in the now, which is typically done through TV and alcohol and sex and, and weed and whatever. The, Those the, can be fun is. sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But, but that's one way we avoid right now in the present. We'll just let our mind drift to the past we didn't like or to the future we don't want. And a large, it would be, you know, it's what's cool about these new iPhones is it tells you how much time you're spending on social media. I like that. How much, it's awesome, right? Yeah. And then, oh, hey, you're down for the week. Your weekly average is down. Yes. Like, fuck yeah, that's a win, right? Totally. If we had that for our fucking minds, it would blow our minds how often we spend thinking about things we don't want to have happen. Yep. That did happen. We don't want to recreate or that one possible outcome of the future that we don't want to see happen. I bet it would be fucking obscurely in the wrong, wrong direction. I know. I agree with you. That would be so cool if we had some kind of a check-in system where, hey, today you had uh, 13,563 negative thoughts. You only had 4,000 positive ones. Tomorrow, (laughs) your goal is to increase by 5%. (laughs) We had some kind of internal positivity governor or something. Uh, That'd be great. Yeah, I love but that. To that note, I think that's really why breath work and stillness come in because that's yeah. the only time, you know, you don't have to look on your iPhone to find where it shows how long you've been on it, right? You could you you, yeah. could, you could potentially not use that app, right? So in a way, stillness is the app where we check in and find out how do I feel? Am I thinking like am I going down the rabbit hole of negativity today? Yeah. And if we don't have that pause button, we never use the app for our, our self-regulation and our draw back to the present moment. Mm. Man, I don't know if you follow like some of the stuff that's going on in the wellness technology industry right now, like all the different stress tracking apps and all the different like emotional regulation apps. No, There is a band you can wear. I forget the name of it right now, but I'll send it to you. There's a band you can wear and it'll track your respiration and your stress response. Because with the aura, like it's only, it can only go so much into like respiration and stress. Obviously, if your HRV is shit, then you're probably going to look at your stress. But this band, it'll actually give you like coaching throughout the day on how to lower your stress response and it'll it'll measure how many breaths you're taking so to me like if i had just a little thin band you know like maybe even smaller than the whoop you're wearing if i had a band that told me like hey in these parts of your day you're not breathing as much and you're more stressed you're having more of like a sympathetic response i would want to know that data yeah because then i could figure out like who am i hanging out with that's stressing me out or is it always in my morning and evening commutes totally right or is it on a certain day of the week and like okay well let me just take a breath and I think any of these devices, man, like I know you're big with the aura and I love how passionate you are about the wellness tech, but really what these things are is they're just, they're just mirrors of mindfulness. 
They're just mm-hmm. giving us data on how we're showing up in our life. And that's why we wear it in the first place. Yeah. Plus it's kind of cool. Yeah. And yeah. It, you know, Anthony DiClemente, who's a guy we just had on the show who you're going to, you're going to uh, link up with soon. Yeah. He, that's something he talked about. You know, I think he wore his aura ring for a year and he really mapped out his connection to how he felt with what the results were. And then he no, no longer needs it, you know? Yeah. Still thought it was a great investment to learn that piece, right? And then he could take the training wheels off and actually go through life without the need to lean on something yeah. like that. Um, I think I'll get there one day, but for now, I like having direct I kind of like it because yeah. I'm out here, it's two hours difference from San Diego. And so last night I went to bed really early, took a melatonin because I noticed my trend was going down. Mm. And if I, you know, because I, I did three other shows while I was out here. So I was like, okay, I'm in that go mode. Like, what can I use in my life that'll give me a mirror of how I'm actually doing like with my physiology? Because we lead fast lives. And even with my practices of stillness, I just want to stack my environment in favor. I want to have make sure my environment's in my favor. So. Right. Let's let, and you're you're leading me to something that I almost skipped over, and I want to chat about caffeine. Mm. <laughs> we, we live fast lives. There's always some reason to hit the gas pedal. There's always some reason to yeah. oh, I just if I just push through this week, then it'll there'll be a break coming up, and and oftentimes when we do that. We'll cover all the bases for output and outward work, right? So even even as Paul Check says, who you had on the show, he's a good friend of ours. Yeah, people work out, but they don't work in, right? So if we're oh, a workout is something that's energy expending. We sweat, we breathe hard, our heart rate goes up. Working in would be something like meditation, tai chi, walking meditation, whatever, qigong. Those are practices that are going to build energy and leave me feeling more whole than when I started. They're yeah. replenishing practices, yeah. right? But oftentimes when we've got all this shit on our plate, we do whatever we can to get through it. And we, we put off, we're paying for it on credit in a way. We're putting off the bill of replenishing our body in, in an effort to get all of it done in a certain short time crunch, not understanding that shit's going to keep piling up anyways. So if we don't take time for ourselves, we're yeah. missing the fucking mark, <laughs> right? Yeah. And how does caffeine play into that for you? Because you oh, recently man. got the download oh, yeah. to fucking discontinue. Yeah, I, I got the download actually. I was um, about seven weeks ago, I was going to do a very specific ceremony um, just to do some work on something I've been letting go of. And part of the prep was no caffeine. And so I was like, all right, I'll go a week without caffeine. I had such crazy caffeine headaches. Yes. And it got me to this point where I was like, damn, if my caffeine headache was that bad, I might want to actually look at this, like what's really going on here. So um, for the next two weeks, I noticed like brain fog and and just like not necessarily being able to like record shows the way I wanted to and, and just not feeling like myself. And I realized like, man, I've been leaning on this caffeine. It'd been so long since I had taken a break. And what came through for me was, and this is a moment actually uh, in this ceremony seven weeks ago where the facilitator came over and she put her hand on my chest and she was like, whenever you're doing anything in life, your guidepost from now on is put your hand on your chest, take a deep breath and ask yourself, is this really necessary? Is this really necessary? And with the caffeine, I was like, oh, it's not really necessary right now. Mm. I'm just going to take a break from this because it's not serving the truth of that question. It's not, it's not actually necessary. And look, I'm not saying I'm never going to have caffeine again because I like coffee and I like caffeine. Um, But it wasn't serving me. And it was this like emotional signal that was coming out of my body. It was, it was literally like solar plexus, chest and throat. Like, Hey, let's give caffeine a break. Mm. Let's give this a break right now. And it was hard because life didn't slow down. You know, I still had recordings and meetings and things to do. Um, 
I just leaned into it and I was just honest. I would just tell people like, hey, just let you know, I'm getting off caffeine right now. That's probably why I'm not as super sharp. my hand's shaking over here. <laughs> That's why I'm having meat sweats. No, <laughs> that doesn't relate to caffeine. Um, but, but to answer your question, like it was something that came out of my body and I think I had pushed it down for long enough. Um, I think it was part of the reason why I tore my calf before we interviewed in LA. Mm. I think it's the reason why I'm, I'm holding on to these like extra 10 pounds, even though I'm tracking my calories and I met with the exercise fizz person and none of that matters because when I try to quantify, when I try to use my mind to heal my body, that's not the message my body's looking for. My body's looking for me to listen to it. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't want to know what my mind Don't has to say. Don't conceptualize it. You don't yeah. need to fucking figure it out and write it all you, out on you paper. You can't heal a... a energetic, emotional problem with the mind. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a long way in that answer to why I'm not having caffeine anymore. I love yeah. it. Well, I, I brought that back up because there was, a. I think the first time I went out to Spirit Ranch last year with my wife and I was working with Anahata, they do a, a detox. You don't have caffeine. And that was the first time I've been without caffeine in years. And I had excruciating wow. fucking headaches. Like, like pounding, like right? Migraine. Fucking, I was in a sound healing with Parangi and laying down and it felt amazing. I sat up and I was fucked. Like my fucking head felt like it was going to explode. But the next day we went out and we did this um, this medicine wheel, the Native American medicine wheel. And I talk about that with on a hotel yeah. on my show. Yeah. And uh, we're doing it. And, you know, there's a prayer done in each direction in the four directions. Well, we do the seven directions prayer, but each direction. And I remember facing the mountain, which is representative of the north, representative of the winter. It's about stillness. It's about returning to source. It's about getting downloads through whatever means necessary. But meditation being the oldest, easiest practice, yeah. right? And I dropped into this super deep meditation and I started bawling. And I mean, not like wailing, but I mean, just fucking floodgates opened up. And I realized I couldn't think the last time I felt that still. And it shocked me how still I was. And then I realized caffeine and modafinil or anything else that's going to jack me up, yeah. that raises my baseline to a point where if I try to come back down through meditation and breath work, I, it's raised the bar. I can't, I can't get back to the floor. I'm now I'm on the rooftop, yeah. right? Because it fucking put me in outer space with how cracked out I was. And even, you know... It's great. I got rid of all my modafinil after that. This is funny. I was I was finding reasons for that that great nootropic energetic drug. Right. Yes, I need yes. to finish this book. I've got this podcast, and, and there's always going to be more. There always will be. And it's the same thing went for caffeine. As I got rid of that, it was like I can do another cup. I got to go home. I got to be on for bear. I can do another another cup of Joe or another yerba mate. Whatever you know. Yeah. Like, and it's it's funny because we can rationalize all we want about the workload we have. Everyone has the fucking workload, but these practices won't work for you if you're fucking chemically jacked up. You can't find stillness. And that really showed when it stuck out to me like that, it would just fucking blew my mind. Man, thank you for sharing that. Cause I'm just, I'm feeling like it's almost the, the, the current at the top of the water. It's really fast and moving. But if you never get down to the bottom of the ocean floor where everything is still, well, you don't know what the ground feels like. So coffee, I think in America, it's like never allowing people to actually feel. And I'm not anti-coffee, yeah. but- I think coffee, just like many different distractive things, um, can pull people away from feeling grounded. Yeah. And when you're not grounded, when a human being isn't grounded, they make decisions from a place where they don't know what gr the ground feels like. And yeah, so frenetic, frenetic, fast-paced, fast-paced. Oh, you know what? This is the right move. You know, and yeah. it's, it's not really taken all things into consideration. You know, you the the story you brought up with the ocean reminded me of a yeah. story. Um, 
this guy, Kerry, who's a ayahuasca shaman, also friends with uh, Gabra Mate. And uh, I was doing three night ceremony with him. And he it was about a year, year and a half ago. He told me when the storm comes, monkeys don't climb to the top of the tree. They go down to the roots where they're safe. But as humans, the brain being the top of the tree, where oh, do we go? Yeah. When the shit hits the fan, when there's chaos, we climb to the top of the tree where it's stormiest and the wind blows it back and forth, right? Instead of dropping down into our roots where we can actually feel what's going on in our heart and then even further into our solar plexus and feel what's going on and then even mm. further into our root, right? Yeah. We don't do that. No. We, don't, we try to think our way out of fucking everything. Dude, and this is the work, right? Is to overcome that biological response in any, whatever channel we're talking about. It's the biology that drives these decisions that is it's kind of like we become a victim to our biology. Mm -hmm. You know, look at the, the monkeys are smart because yeah. they've, they've done this because they just kind of trust like, oh, when this happened before, I'll go here and I know that I'm safe. But why don't we do that? I think as human beings, it's almost like we have so much to process. I think we have so much to process that we're confused as to where to go. Well, and I think there, there is a disconnect. So I want to talk, let me find this real quick because I definitely want to get on this. Dun, dun, dun. All right, when you had Dr. Dan on, and we'll start diving into this because yes. Dan is the fucking man. And uh, he was just out here. We had a great Dan experience with him. We talked about, the, he talked about the loneliness epidemic on your show. Yeah. And so there was a few topics that popped into my mind that burst into my mind when it came to that. And the feeling of disconnected right? Which we, we, that's what leads to loneliness. The feeling like I don't have real connection, right? Yeah. We can say that's, it's for, and it's for sure all these things. I'm not saying it's one or the other, but opiates, drugs, SSRIs, things that, that take away our ability to feel, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I talked about that on my solo cast, getting hooked on, you know, all the anti-anxiety meds and pain pills and shit like that. That's a roller coaster in and of its own right. Connection through social media is rocket ship fast, but it's not a real connection. I'm not face to face with you. That's why people talk so much shit online and they don't do it face to face. Keyboard warriors. Yeah, it's also why people have road rage in a car because they're mm -hmm. within a car. They're not face to face with that person. It's, it's rare that you would see like a road rage act or an online tweet with two people standing in line at the bank. Yeah. Right? You're like I've ne never in my life seen someone blow up on another person standing in line at the bank or, or anywhere else, mm -hmm. right? So it's just, I think to a degree, there's another piece here that really, it's, it's something that a lot of people don't think about. So this lost connection to source, this lost mm -hmm. connection to God. Yeah. And this we're, we're talking about God a lot more on this podcast than I normally do, which is totally fine. Like God could be spirit. It could be could just be, higher intelligence. It could yeah, be whatever. It could be anything. Your connection to the all. Mm -hmm. could be the fucking, the, the, the manifested universe, yep. the, the, the material <laughs> universe, whatever. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but we lose that in religion, right? Because it's, I'll talk to God for you, mm. you know, or I'll tell you what God looks like and you'll believe it or you'll burn in hell. That's one thing. We lose it in religion. We lose it in atheism because the world turns black when we die. There is no connection to anything outside ourselves. Yeah. Everything's at random. Yeah. How we got here is random, right? And we lose it in the science of the materialistic world. All the science is looking at, and Rudolf Steiner talks about this a lot, who influenced Paul Cech and myself, that when the world becomes materialistic and everything we study is only the things that we can see, we lose out on spirit. We lose out on all the remarkable pieces that we can't see. And he's like, for sure, no one will argue the reality of love. Love yeah. is very fucking real. Can we measure it? Can we quantify it? Can we mm -hmm. look at it? Will Whoop tell me how much love 
I have in my love bank? Probably not. No, man, maybe one day, but it's not there yet, right? Does it mean that love doesn't exist because we can't see it? No, but I think this is a critical piece to mm. why we're in a loneliness epidemic, right? All these things are factors, but I think that connection is the big one. Yeah. Yeah, I think the loneliness epidemic is going to grow, unfortunately, for probably another five or something years because technology is going to continue to increase. But like, here's the the root of it all. And this is actually what Chuck talked about on the show. And I, and I know you're going to connect with this. We know that a society has reached its demise when people stop dancing, people stop singing, people stop telling stories, and people are uncomfortable being with themselves. Like those four things. And all of those four things are not necessarily on the bleeding edge of positive perpetuation of technology. Like stories, just this, this podcast, it's a way for you and I to connect heart to heart, shoulder to shoulder, breath to breath, and the, and the people watching and listening. But that's not always the case with most social media because the majority of social media is cued to that fear response. You know, the feathers and the rocks. The majority of social media is cued to stacking rocks on people. You're not pretty enough. You're too fat. You're not good enough. You should buy this thing because your life will be better if you buy this thing. So that's Do you have a stupid view on politics? You have a stupid view on politics. I mean, <laughs> you know, the whole reason that we have the person we have in office now is because of the social sickness that we've accumulated as a society. That's, that's why this person's in office. And so, you know, the, the phrase, things are going to get dark before they get light, it's always darkest before the dawn. I think that's going to be social media. And if you if you look at uh, Harari's work where he talks about homo deus and he understands like- the Excellent books. The, I'm, I'm really I'm halfway book. through his 21 lessons for the 21st century. Yeah. The, but the, Sapiens, homo deus, and then- He's going to be one of the people that gets amazing. quoted 20 years from now. Incredible. And, and some of the things that he talks about is going back to these primal and ancestral ways of just living you know, connecting with one another. So we're hearing it from Steiner. We're hearing it from Czech. We're hearing it from Harari. We're hearing it from ever from Dan Party, like, all, and even Dr. Engel, like all of these people that have the highest levels of intelligence when it comes to human interactions are telling us to go back to these four things. There's many ways that we can go back there, but I don't know, man. This is why I value on it. This is why I value Wellness Force because we have these conversations using social media, using the tools that people are stacking rocks with, and we're stacking feathers. You know, and I'm down with that. I want to stack as many feathers as possible. Fuck yeah, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's been fucking excellent having you here. I will we'll definitely run it back for sure. Cool. Um, where can people find you online? Yeah. Social media, all that good stuff. Man, thanks for having me. You know, this has been like, um, this has been a culmination. This has been like 11 years in the making for me to be able to come and have this conversation with you and have something rich to talk about. And um, we have all these conversations on Wellness Force, you know, Wellness Force Radio, uh, wellnessforce.com and you know, go to the Wellness Force site and, and forward slash M21. It's Wellness Force forward slash M21. Uh, if you want to get the guide, if you want to dig into these practices, some of them are from Aubrey. Uh, some of them are from other people, you know, 250 guests of just world-class people that really want to give men and women this discovering process, man. That's, that's what Wellness Force is all about. It's about you and I, all of us together, discovering this physical and emotional intelligence. And intelligence, you know, it's, it's three things, man. We can't just gather so much in health and wellness, people are just gathering. New PDF, new guide, new book, new, new, new. Uh, it's gathering, it's applying, and then it's it's the hard part, which is really embodying. And embodying is what I think is going to transcend our collective to the next level. So thanks for having me on, man. I love you, bro. Fuck yeah, I love you too, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys for listening to the Human Optimization Hour with Kyle Kingsbury. I hope you enjoyed this one with Josh Trent. He's the fucking man. Uh, no doubt about it. I really love anytime I come across somebody 
who I feel is on a similar path, really what it, what on its mission is to live each day a little bit better than we previously did. And I can see that in Josh, for sure. And there's times where we take two steps forward and take one step back. But in all of that, there is healing, there is learning, there is clarity. And I really see that when I sit across the microphones from Josh. As always, if you're looking for supplements and food products, onit.com slash podcast for 10% off. Thanks for tuning in, guys.